everyone. Welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons at therewillbedungeons.com. Those who are here live, we love you guys. Thank you for being here. If you want to be here live, it's a weird day. We're doing it before the Super Bowl at uh, about 2.20 in the afternoon here in the uh, Utah time zone, which is the mountain time zone, which is the only time zone that matters. And it's great to see you all. For those who are listening later, welcome to the show as well. We're going to play a little D&D before we go uh, to Kyle. I want to mention that we are... Uh, helped out uh, greatly by our good friends at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. If you want to find out the new teas that are coming and any carryovers that are already there, go check it out and grab something today. That's over at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. Go steep yourself some tea, sit on down, and enjoy the following episode of There Will Be Dungeons. Kyle, take it away. We jump to our unknown point in time. And here... What a useless answer. Now, hold on. Let's ask Ko what happened next. Ko? Uh, yes. What happened in the Crick sighting quest? Oh, the uh, Crick sighting quest. Um, well, that one was a bit of a mess. Problem was, we were tasked to go find and confirm that there was a Grick out in the wild, and that in particular was not all that hard. Uh, but we decided we were going to be overachievers. Um, Grinkeeper was really pushing the we should kill the Grick and save the day and do all the heroics ourselves. And we did, and we fought several Gricks. We definitely triumphed easily with uh, no problem whatsoever. Nobody nearly died. And uh, then we were able to uh, find a small dungeon back in the cave, I believe. And it was full of traps, which were very dangerous, but uh, using some expertise, I was able to navigate pretty handedly and let Grinkeeper retrieve a treasure herself. Even though we definitely could have kept going and had in no way endangered ourselves over these dangerous traps, we decided to call it a day and head back to town and turn in the strange artifact we had found. Unfortunately, we learned that uh, there is no reward for overachieving, except for the experience itself. Wow. The victors really do write history, don't they? It's true. Yeah. We fade back to our normal timeline where we have just arrived. It's about 8.30 at night. You can see some hubbub. Helen Clearstone is being traded out with the rat man you've seen before and he's taking over the desk. Cassius was there to greet you. You handed in your items. You completed the quest and you were paid. You also earned enough XP to level up so we are now level three in the background here. But we have some business to conduct before we advance into the night and all that sort of thing. First up, Splendor Belt, roll me an animal handle check. Can do. I haven't rolled one of those in a while. That'd be a big fat six. <laughs> Many hours have passed since you put a certain creature in your pocket. Oh, no. Oh, frick. You reach in <laughs> with your six and thumb rather heavily the head of a weak bird you pull it out and it appears to be quite dehydrated uh -huh. and breathing uneasy great uh i will say oh shit 
I forgot about the bird, and I'll take the bird out and put him on the counter there on a on a table or a flat surface and and get some water and try to sort of you know squeeze maybe take a wet rag and squeeze a little water into its mouth, get it back into fighting shape if possible. So you run over to the bar, you request from Joe Groinhammer a glass of water and a rag and attempt to resuscitate this bird. Are you trained in animal handling? No, but you are trained in medicine. So let's try that out. Okay. Here comes. <laughs> 12. It's a little better. Not great, but it's all right. The bird's a bit soaked, but it seems to revive a bit and jump up on its feet. The rat man enters through a side door, exiting his supplies room into the bar area. Says, hey, what? Whoa. What are you doing? You're soaking a bird on the countertop. You want me to help or something? I got some supplies in the back that might be able to well, at least you know, give it a, a decent job. This would be good. I bring back bird and forget he was in pocket. And uh, he's not had water or food since we left. So- okay. Hey, hey, little guy. And Jimmy, the rat man picks up the bird gingerly in his little bony hands with the hair ending at the top of his wrists coming down in those long, each joint all wrinkled up (laughs) and starts carrying it into the back. All right. Your experience in that Warhammer game we played is showing because those rats all had hair out of their wrists like that. (laughs) I'm adapted killing them, not necessarily role-playing them. Ah, gotcha. Jimmy heads to the back. Uh, You have been informed before this that you have reached your quota of the week, your maximum number of quests being a Delver, a Wood Leaguer, the lowest rank of the Dungeon Guild here. So you will have four days off before you can accept another quest. We started talking about off-air last week, where you were going to head, what you were up to during this time. Let's start with Splendor Belt here. Splendor Belt... You decided you were going to go help at the local Temple of Paylor. Yeah. Would you head there tonight or stay the night at the Dungeon Guild? Uh, I would go there tonight and I would stay there overnight. Okay, cool. So let's go ahead and dive straight into that. All right. Splendorbelt heads out into the street at night. There are oil lanterns that burn. Of course, this does put out quite a bit of black smoke into the air, but that's pretty common for this time period and this level of technology. So you head down the street with a lamp about every 50 feet or so. It's pretty dark, but altogether you would be in the safest part of town, being close to the Dungeon Guild, the various adventuring shops, which are often trafficked by the adventurers in this area up to Silver League, which is about, uh, for those who may not have read the Dungeon Guide, Silver League runs above level 7 and a little bit after that. So there's some powerful people who make their way in this various town, though a lot of bronze and wood league being those low levels are all closed up for the night. You head up the street about a block and find yourself outside the massive temple of Palor. Palor being a very popular sun god uh, religion in this part of the country, this part of the kingdom. It is elevated. There are stairs that go up about 10 feet before you even reach the actual temple itself. This is all stone. There's a large well out front, which is public and been cleaned by the clergy here. And you approach. Doors are open. In fact, there are no doors on it. Uh, There are a number of skylights as well to let that sun in during the day. And you enter the Temple of Palor. As you enter the main hall, 
There are a lot of cots and various beds set up, all of different styles and makes to accommodate for the various people who might be traveling, who might be in need. There's a couple of wheezes, a couple of coughs here and there of the sick, of the wounded who are being treated. And as you enter, a tall... Well, how tall are you, Slenderbelt? Uh, like pretty big. Feet? Seven foot two, three, something like that. Big tall guy. Cool. So not tall to you, but a tall man of about six five glides over to you in a great white robe with a golden sash hanging around his neck. And already his fingers are pierced to, or placed together, kind of tensioned. And he just keeps those, his head elevated, completely bald, not a lick of facial hair, a real cutting parrot of a nose and goes yes my child how can I help you the night I have some time to kill so thought I would come here and help out wherever needed cleaning or uh, praying or whatever you need excuse me uh, how will you help us well I have, I have big hands I have big body I am fan of Paylor. Put me to work. Whatever you need. You need me to, to uh, physically clean. I can do it. You need me to spiritually clean. I can do it. Whatever you need. I like to spend my off time helping Paylor and his followers. Oh, my, my, my. A adventuring cleric. Mm? Any eyes your badge? Mm. Wood from the dungeon guild. Yes. You all can be a bit of a handful sometimes, but we are in need of aid. Do you have spare spells for the day which you could cast on our various sick and wounded? Well, let me look. Yes, I have, I have the number of slots available I could use for you. <laughs> Your mind floats back to a poor co with his butt in the air for the entire cart ride home and how he went without healing. So you are with plenty of spells to spare. On this evening. Yep. He says, Excellent. We will put you right to work. And you will be staying here with us during this time? If it is okay with you, I can sleep on anything. Hard, soft, does not matter. I'm happy to sleep wherever you want me to sleep. We will put you to work then. Follow me. And he gives a point in the direction you're heading. And just as though he's got no feet under there, just kind of glides like on a skateboard down the hall. And immediately starts rambling off the various information you'll be needing. Breakfast is right at 6.30. You will rise at 5.30, right before the morning sun. The morning sun will pierce your window right on time. We are in line with the various Paylor blessings here. You will, of course, practice via the book three of Paylor, not book two or one. We require that you prepare ceremony in case there are any weddings for the day. Aid the level two spell, as well as lesser restoration, which you will cast liberally on anyone who comes by. We have an appointment tomorrow with Buck Broscale, which you will handle. He is in need of healing. Are there any questions? No, this is good. Uh, sounds good to me. What time? Excellent. When are we supposed to meet for the uh, going out to our next thing? That'd be four days out, as you have. Okay. Will, in the I'll, in a fantasy calendar, anyway, right. we have completed a Friday, Saturday, Sunday sort of schedule, and okay. we are now off until such time of next Friday. Okay, I'll inform him of that just so he's aware of you know you pretty much have me for 
for the for the for a fortnight. Mm, limited time offer then. Most displeasing, but we will make use of you. He puts you to work over the next week. We will return to you in a moment. Grinkeeper. Yes. You have returned to the Dungeon Guild, and it is about 8 9 o'clock at night. Where do you go this evening? Uh, back to school. All right. So you head up. Do you get a carriage or do you walk back to school? This would walking in the shadows. In the sh- so stealthfully. Okay, roll me a stealth check. Of which you have disadvantage on. I rolled a four both times. So a, a mass five. All right. Uh, that disadvantage is, of course, because of your chainmail armor. So you attempt to make your way. Maybe you stay off the back ro- or the main roads at least, kind of weaving through some various... Uh, alleyways and whatnot, but everywhere you go, your chain kind of clinks against your metal, your weapon, your multiple javelins. And you head back up to the north side of town, where you find your finishing school, where you're training for a certain business profession until we find out more in the future. You head onto the grounds, which are lush and beautiful. There's a great hedge labyrinth. Not the labyrinth in the sense of the Minotaur, but, you know, a relaxing path one could take that eventually leads to the center of a spiral, and then you can walk your way out. Uh, a very tea and biscuits sort of event and a picnic. You make your way uh, past a small track and field area, which, of course, is beautifully manicured with luscious white sands, all decorated with the rakes and beautiful going around the rocks and everything like that. And you head over to the dormitories of your school. You're on the second level, but you've done this before. You've had it out a number of times, but you got to climb back up. Give me that athletics. Sixteen. Okay. It's a bit loud, but you do manage at night here to climb back into your dormitory window. Sneak in as best as you've been sneaking. It took a lot of effort, so you're sneaking as far as you know it. And close the window behind you. The second you close the window, a head shoots over the top bunk and goes, Evelyn! Evelyn, is that you? Yeah, yeah, it's me. Oh, you're back. How was it? Oh my god, it was so much fun. We fought Grick. We almost died. I think a few of us died. I don't know. Keep it down. Keep it down. It was great. So, like, the quick, and then there was a cave, and I tried translating, but oh, just, I was so excited I couldn't get through it. It was Elvin. Elvin translations? That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was you'll, awesome. You'll have to tell me about it in the morning. Uh, Lady Vestal is around. She's been looking for you. God, oh, okay. I told right, her you went home for the weekend. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, but uh, you, you missed out on enchanting class uh, for basic homemaking and uh, culinary expertise in the manor. You got the notes, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I got notes. I got. I took notes for you. Okay, okay, I'll get those studied up here tonight. 
Let's light a candle. You light a candle. She passes down the notes. Roll a sleight of hand. Eight. All right, with a great shifting and zhuzhing of paper, you manage to slip the notes and blow out your candle before the door opens. Door opens to a long-haired woman. This hair goes down all the way past her butt to basically her thighs. It's done in these elegant big braids, so you know it's even longer than that under all those various weavings and twinings. She's in basically a great big black... Uh, princess dress of sorts, an evening dress. And she pushes open the door, holding a candle in a little, what was it called? Holder? Candle hold, uh, candle holder. holder. Yeah, sure. I think so. There's probably a fancier word, but there probably is. And I should probably know it, but all the same, the door opens <laughs> with your eight. The smoke rises from the candle. The paper is still sticking out a little bit from under the pillow. And she speeds over, glides over to you. This is Lady Vestal. Grinkeeper, you are awake, I know it. Where have you been? I was at my parents. Parents, yes. (laughs) Deception. An eight. (laughs) A lady would never pressure ones for their answers. However, I find yours unfulfilling this evening. I would very much like to know at some point where you have actually been. But for now, I will take your answer and we shall discuss this and your punishment in the morning. In the future, do let me know before you go on any Family-related journeys? Yes, ma'am. Now go to sleep. I will speak to you tomorrow. She heads out. Giggling from the bunk above. Brings us to our next venture. It is about nine o'clock at night back at the Dungeon Guild still. And Co, where are you off to? Ko is going to do his usual routine upon returning from the guild, and that is to sneak off to where he has kind of stowed some nice clothes and can get changed in private uh, in the town and get back into sort of his formal look and then make his way home from there. Excellent. You arrive at home. You are greeted by your family. Your wife's still bedridden. As you enter, as is customary, you immediately must and do pay the attendant and the doctor that's been taking care of your wife for the day. Okay. Is everyone in this group basically assigned uh, Co the rights to all items or at least tracking all items for you all? Yeah, he's inventory guy. Okay. As inventory guy, Co, you know that tomorrow you can go pick up the item which is being inspected for sentience. That would be the hilt, the stone metal hybrid hilt that you found down there in that dungeon earlier this day. Okay. 
So we advanced to the next day. This would be when you all got a little bit of rest. You got a full length rest and you would now be level three with your various level three powers. There are some restrictions for those who you might be following at home as Ko has picked a rather exotic upgrade. We're going to be doing that uh, in a slow unlocking style based on the story and where we go. But all the same, that's just paperwork and technicality. Ko, you head out the next day to go to the dungeon guild to pick up the blade. You arrive. Things are as they normally are at the Dungeon Guild. There's a p- couple people bustling around. There's some wood leagues picking out quests as you enter. And you walk up to the acquisitions desk, which is strangely empty at the moment. Cassius is occupied. Groinhammer is serving drinks. All right, just kind of casually lean against the desk and, and wait if it looks like they're busy. Don't need to be rude. You wait about three minutes, and at the very back of the acquisitions, the supply desk is a door that leads deeper into the dungeon guild. You've never seen any of the employee quarters, so you don't know what's back there. It opens slightly, and you see a pair of red horns curled backwards stick out with a long set of brown hair and a pair of goggles. They quickly jerk back and hear some whispers. Can I go? Can I, do I get to go? Oh, that's, that's great. I, I, I really want to do this one. I really want to do this one. And the door ex- explodes up. It doesn't break, but bangs open against the wall and out walks a female tiefling carrying a tray. You can see the hilt standing on it and there's a small pillow that it's been displayed on. She quickly arranges it. She's in a sort of lab coat. This, it, What would be a lab coat, except for it's a more of a leather brown duster. She's got large scale gloves up to her elbows. You can see a little bit of burn marks in her eyebrows as well. She puts the tray down in front of you, pulls her goggles up, and she's got these radiant purple eyes. Hey, oh, this was a treat. This is a real treat. I don't usually get to present anything. Can we go sit down? I want to talk about this one. Well, sure. If that's uh, if that's what you'd like, not a problem. I would love that. Okay, that table there, C and two. I've got to use the side door. Cole will make his way to the table and wait. You take a seat at the table facing the door, the entranceway to the dungeon guild. She exits via door nearby that entrance over there by where Cassius exits from time to time to work on the dungeon guild board. She heads straight straight to your table and very gently sets down the tray with the pillow on top and the stone metal hybrid hilt. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. I'm, I'm Carrie Underworld and I am just so excited to get to talk to you about this one. So what we have here uh, is um is a soul knife. Rough translation, I know. It could also mean a mind sword or psi blade. All are pretty much open. It's very ancient elvish on this thing. We managed to translate enough to give you a good name. We haven't been able to work it very well. See, and and she pulls off her glove with a bit of a snap 
throws it on her shoulder while it waits and picks up the blade and closes her eyes real hard and just the tiniest little birthday candle of a flicker comes out the end. About a centimeter, just a red crimson light. Okay, so if I had any, and she puts it back down, latent psychic, air quotes, abilities, that blade would be awesome. But I have none. I am a artificer, so all I know is how to make little gadgets full of arcane stuff. This is beyond me, and it's an absolute joy. Uh, where did you find this thing? We found it down in a dungeon while we were out looking for Griggs, and uh, do you think it's valuable? Valuable? It has no value. None whatsoever. It could be priceless. It could be useless. We have no idea. Uh, the the stone metal hybrid alloy that it's made of is fascinating. Takes away the brittleness of stone while keeping its hardness, which is amazing. But also means we can't possibly work on it. We can't take it apart. We can't upgrade it. There's really nothing we can do but just say, here you go, and it's not alive. Cole, take it in his hand, kind of turn it over. And how exactly does this work? Well, as far as we can tell, it's about inner spirit. It's about, mm, and, mm, you know, you got to really, like, take your life energy and feel it coming down your arm and weave it into the hilt. Cole kind of... Is there a button or just think really hard at it? And as you say, think really hard, the blade alights. And what would be your, your color? What, what color is your mind? Probably a light, uh, light blue, light cyan type blue. All right. Well, the cyan blue launches out of the end of the blade going about a good foot and a half. And as you get over the shock, it slowly sorts of formulate, kind of shrink in on itself, become more solid, more inner light, almost like it's made of crystal, though it still has that illusionary uh, flame-like quality to it. It's um, significantly bigger oh, than what you I control. what? Whoa! Put it down. Put it down. Just put it down. Just put it down. We'll set it back on the pillow. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. So you are um, psychic, huh? No. Yeah, like, um, what am I thinking? I couldn't even begin to tell you. Take a guess. That you don't think I'm psychic. That no, I want to go I'm get psychic. I want to go get a book from the back is what I was thinking. Um, I'm I'm going to I'll be right back. And she runs off. You I'll sit there for a the time. Hilt again and. Think about it again. It ignites. Then he'll think about it turning off. It turns off. It seems altogether pretty simple to you.
He'll look around. Is anybody really paying him much attention at the moment? You look up and you see at Cassius's check-in desk the largest solid white sorcerer hat you've ever seen. We're talking big, classic sorting hat style with the bend at the top, the brim going out about three feet on either side. And there is in a total white robe with a golden sash around it. Large figure. Perhaps a man you don't know. He's staring right at you behind a white mask with a single golden teardrop on it. Ko will slowly turn in his chair to try and have his back to the man. And he's going to try and stab the table lightly with the blade. So you you kind of like hold the so it would pierce upwards or are you like ca- carving middle school style? Like, the- yeah, carving like carving down on the table. He's just curious how this is going to work and react to you know, physically stabbing something. Roll a stealth check. We got a 24. Okay. <laughs> so you managed to, yeah, kind of between, you know, between your knees there and just <laughs> the bottom of the table, the blade passes through the table and leaves no mark. Co looks around again. He's going to take his finger and he's going to try and light, very lightly touch the blade to his finger. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Uh, okay. Like you would a nor- like checking if a knife is sharp. Yeah. You do so and you feel pain. You feel it like it's real. And when you pull away, you got no blood. You've taken one point of damage, psychic damage, but there's nothing running out of your finger. There's no lasting mark. Co sets the blade down. You see him start fiddling with his finger, like, you know, seeing if was it so sharp it didn't. It just didn't cut right away. Is this going to be like a samurai movie where slowly his finger splits apart, starts messing with it, looking for any sort of wound he might have? You inspect your finger, and when you look up, standing directly over you is the masked figure with the giant sorcerer hat. You hear a rattly breath from behind the mask. Oh, you're a scion, huh? Uh, no, my name is Ko Spiros. I am a uh, a rogue, um, and an adventurer, and a delver, and who might you be? I go by many names. Um, you be careful. Every artifact you find is going to unlock more. It's going to be dangerous out there for you. There's lots of scions awakening right now. He looks left and right and bends down. They're all looking for him. Each one they find grows their power more. What does that mean? More scions? What are you talking about? It's a new class. I can't talk about it much. You'll find out soon enough. And he grabs the side of his cloak and gives it a flurl, and it kind of knocks the cups on the table a little bit as he heads out. The door opens on the back, and Carrie Underworld exits out. She 
sees the figure go. Oh, were you just talking to him? Well, it was more of a case of he was talking to me. He, uh, who is this? That's the masked mage. He's a master's level, a ruby adventurer, and a real weirdo. I definitely saw the last part when I was interacting with him. He's a very strange individual. Okay, what I have here is a registry for anybody who has psychic or psionic powers. Um, we got the psychic samurai. I have no idea where he is right now. Uh, there's a number of other classes. Uh, the, the only one in town that I know is going to be uh, Buck Broscale. He's a... Uh, He's he's had some uh, run-ins with some of these uh, artifacts before. Maybe you should get a chance to talk to him. It seems like a good idea. Yeah, he he's he's listed himself as a psi warrior. Uh, these are all new classes, so all the names are just made up. Uh, in that case, am I good to go then? Take this and be on my way. Oh yeah, no, have fun. Uh, it, it, it uh, according to our test, it does psychic damage. So uh, beware, you know, big damage to anyone with a brain. But if it ain't got a brain, it probably won't work. Uh, won't hurt an animated table, a set of armor that's been enchanted with dark magics. Um, should work on zombies though. They still got brains. Or at least dark energies that have infused them with the will of their creator. Fascinating stuff. Well, have a good one. Thank you. You did uh, very good, Kerry. I don't know why they don't have you out here doing this more often. Really? Would you be willing to tell Cassius that? And the next time I see him, I will tell Cassius that Kerry did a fantastic job for me. Awesome! And she shoots up, knocking the chair back, and she places it back up and grabs the glove that's fallen off her shoulder and slips it on, takes the tray and the pillow, and quickly exits. Meanwhile, the next day, Splendor Belt, you've been working all morning, healing, sometimes with spells, sometimes with just straight-up bandages and medicine checks. Let's go ahead and see what one of those medicine checks was like. All right. Can do. Uh, here we go. 17. All right. Pretty proficient. You had a little bit of a uh, haunting from the lead cleric there, but he's left you alone now that he sees you know what you're doing. Nice. About midway through the day, a red dragonborn with a great big, well, great axe over his shoulder enters. He's breathing heavily. He's got his hand on his chest. He says, I'm here for my healing. My ah, yes, you will be seeing Splendor Belt in the side room right this way. And he floats you over. You're sitting in the room there awaiting your appointment. And this Seven-foot-tall dragonborn walks in with red scales and that great big great axe. It is black. It is 
two blades on top in the front with a great big gruesome edge and the back has basically two horns on it and there's a skull at the bottom of the well I guess it'd be the handle for yeah. this thing yeah he wears a pretty basic armor scale armor and he sits down on the stone bench in there all right cleric how do we do this I've been poisoned by a fiend and you are how do you how you know this because I fought the fiend that poisoned me and right now how do you feel about uh, how does it make you feel to be poisoned I feel weak less than I am my mind is taxed by the venom that courses through my veins heal me so I may be on my way all right. Am I intimidated by this dude? Like, uh, you're aware of his presence, certainly. You can see on his chest that he has a silver badge of the guild. Yeah. So he is quite a few levels above you, at least level seven. Okay. All right. Here's what I'll do. I want to impress this guy. I don't know why I just do. Uh, And so I'm going to do two things. I'm going to cat without him knowing. Let's see. Is this vocal? It is, but he shouldn't know. Anyway, I'm going to make a big noise about how uh, he needs special healing. And I'm going to cast, before I do that, Thermaturgy, which will cause the closest window to me to fly open and slam shut. Okay. So have it go whoosh, bam as if there's some otherworldly thing going on here. And uh, given that that's just a cantrip, it just happens. And then uh, you'll have to decide whether he believes it or not, I guess. Um, and then... Alright. Uh, the, let's... Yeah, go ahead. Let's see. Let's do, uh, let's do an insight for him. Alright. He shoots up immediately. The spirits have followed me. You must heal me now before the poison advances and takes my mind. Okay, then you hold still. Here here it comes. And I will stretch my hand out toward his face and cast Cure Wounds. Which he just should take immediately. Let me tell you how much you're using a heal for, though. Skin pasting. Okay, that's my modifier. Alright, so we're going to go 1d8 plus a d4. Oh no, I add 4. Oh my gosh, uh, an 8. Uh, natural 8. <laughs> uh, plus 2, so uh, 10. 10 points of uh, healing. Now, whether that takes care of his poison or not depends on the poison, I guess. So the healing courses through him. You can see the light of Palor entering his veins from the very words you spoke. And he gives a great big breath and swells up to full size. And, ah, oh, the poison still exists, Cleric. You are a fool. 
No, hold on a second. No names. Let's not. Let's save name calling for later. What, tell me how you feel. You should have. You should feel better now. My wounds have healed, but my blood is still full of the fiend's foul taint. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not good. Because this is all I have to give you. Uh, is there a problem in here, Master Splinterbelt? It seems this man has poison in his blood, and I can't do it only with the healing. He needs more. Uh, Mr. Splinterbelt. Splinterbelt, excuse me. <laughs> That is what lesser restoration is for. You did prepare it today, yes? Uh, oh shit. Yes, I did. I totally forget. Then please <laughs> heal this man's poison. He is very busy, so he may be on his way. All right. I will not do the window thing because he'll know I'm screwing around. This person. So I'm going to just cast Lester, Lester, Lesser Restoration now at level two, which will give me... Touch a creature, end either one, uh, say, end, can end either one disease or one condition afflicting it. The condition can be blinded, deafening, paralyzed, or poisoned. All right, so that should take care of it unless he resists. It is one creature you touch. Where do you touch this man? On his um, left. You're like a finger to the head kind of guy? You a, a firm handshake? <laughs> what do you, I'm, how do a, you I'm a this? slap him on the back kind of guy. So I'm like... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> boom, slap him on the back and I, and I heal him. So All as right. you swing your hand up, it courses through the light of the window <laughs> and Paylor blesses your slapping hand. Yep. And as it descends, it leaves a great radiant handprint on his back, which slowly fades nice. and sort of seeps into him as the light shoots out of the, the slapped handprint, now turning red from the slap. He sits up straight. Ah. Oh. Cured. And healed. You got both. Cleric. And he leaves. Okay. Tip your waitress. I don't know what it is. Mr. Spundabout, this is most improper. What is problem? Well, he already paid at the front. Yes. And those donations go straight to the church and the children who need them. Well, there are maybe, no tips maybe here, he, Mr. Spundabelt. Yes, but maybe he feels, you know, generous. He'll stop and get, put more money in jar. Come with me. You're <laughs> 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 All right, trouble. I'm in trouble. Okay. I'll, I'll march out with him. He leads you down the hall into a small cloister where a bunch of monks are praying, all facing this great big tapestry of the sun and its rays frightening away denizens of the dark, various creatures. Sit here on your knees and think and pray for guidance. I will fetch you later. Okay. I'll do that. Roll a, roll a constitution. Okay. Oh, a four. Is this roller broken? Jeez. Oh, man. Have you ever sat on your knees, just your knees, like your your feet curled under your butt? Yeah, it's not good long term. On, 
on yeah on stone it sucks and boy you feel every minute of this <laughs> every single minute meanwhile grinkeeper you awaken you've had a lovely breakfast it was out in the garden you of course were forced to wear one of your very flilly dresses from your family's make it is summer, however, so other than your companion, the school is basically deserted. People are off to their families to visit. You, of course, have requested that you won't be heading home because you're going to be studying here in town. Which means, of course, the uh, lie that you told the instructor there was just that, a lie. You did not head home. You went to the Adventuring Guild and made some quick cash, too, while you were out there. After the breakfast, you head back. And your friend has a surprise for you. When you enter, you see a number of dresses, uniforms from around the college have been dismantled, taken apart. Very much looking like when you pull a thread, that one magical thread that just kind of clumps it all into just a, a pile of woven mess. She turns to you. Uh, Evelyn, I, I have a surprise for you. I, I was able to pull it off. I took all the magical threads out of the various easy put on dresses and I wove them in to your chain mail. Evelyn is speechless, but she looks so happy. She gives her friend a big hug. Oh, the, uh, you squeeze her with your massive muscles. <laughs> with all plus three of your strength, she's lifted off the ground. Her feet kick, her dress pushed backwards because it's got one of those frames underneath of it. <laughs> yes, yes, ah, it's cast off. It's cast off. Which means you can now don your chainmail as an action rather than a full blown donning of armor event. We have to try this out now. Not now. Okay, Not now. What, we have another. What do I do? Oh, you're right. Tea in the garden, right now. Yep. Okay. All right. Don't forget to change dresses. If you wear the same one you did to breakfast, as you have. I out. know. Thank you. And Evelyn will sigh and start to change. We advance now three days. This has been a glimpse of what your four days off may have looked like. But you head back to the Dungeon Guild. And you begin picking up quests. And now we're going to do something that the movies like to call a montage. Sweet. Upon arriving at the Guild, Cassius informs you that your promotion has been denied. What? I'm not the one who decided now. I'm not the one who decided that was Selenar. Selenar Everbloom has had a report from your previous dungeon. We sent silvers out there three days ago. They began translating and they saw the remains of what you had done. Excellent work, by the way. Very exciting stuff. We didn't see any report of the little man you spoke of. I guess he wasn't around anymore. However, 
After several tests were done on the Gricks, we found out that they were heavily damaged, that they were all under the effects of poisoned, and were therefore quite weakened. And it seems we cannot put it down on your report card that you slew several Gricks by your own hands. But we did. Yes, you killed weakened Gricks, ones that had passed through the various traps in the dungeon in the back. Selenar has decided that this is not due for promotion then, though I am still very impressed with how you have uh, advanced quickly over your three days with us. Selenar has put together a plan for you all. We do like our bronzes to be known by the people, to have done some, dare I say, community service, have uh, represented the guild in upstanding ways. At this current time, we find that all your adventures have been taking place outside of town. So we've lined up some quests for you. Your first today will be giant wasps. They have taken up residence at one of the local inns. Don't get stung and have a good one. Does a 16 beat anyone's AC? It does uh, mine. beats my AC. Yeah, yeah, beats mine too. All right, we jump immediately to you returning from your day killing giant wasps. Both Co and Splendor Belt come limping in. Is there music for large our welts? montage where it's like, We're the best around! Is that kind of thing going on or no? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. You head out the door, the door opens back up. Grinkeeper walks in looking fine. The rest of you covered in welts and bumps with little heads on them from being stung. We jump to the next day. You took a dark mantle quest off the board, hoping to continue some of your previous adventuring, some of your previous storyline anyway dealing with the Underdark. But sadly, this adventure ended up just being a giant rat that had happened to run through a cape and was terrorizing a nearby cookery. (laughs) You return covered in grease. The next quest you take is Twig Blights outside of the Crypt of Cord. Roll a... Let's see. Uh, Roll a strength or diplomacy, everyone. Or if at any point during this, you're like, you know what? I would rather do X or cast certain spell. Feel free to get creative. Hmm. I'm not worried. But for now, you were... But otherwise, you'd be choosing between strength or diplomacy. What's diplomacy? Is there a diplomacy skill? Oh, sorry. That's an old skill. Uh, This would be... Persuasion. Persuasion? Persuasion. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do I'm that. doing persuasion. Better than my strength. A 18. Oh, also an 18. 13. On which one? Strength. Oh, strength? My, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, so we had one strength and two... Two perceptions. Persuasions. Or per, yeah, sorry. Uh, twig blights are small, little, uh, basically kind of Groot plant creatures usually existing where the ground has become tainted or somehow uh, infested with evil waters. 
So you spent the day fighting off these small plant creatures. And while passing by the Crypt of Cord, you see standing outside House, Crush is working out in the yard, and overall the Crypt of Cord seems to be in pretty good uh, state. They do recognize you, and in fact they treat both of you with the persuasion successes as friends. You all hang out for a little bit and talk to your previous adventure companions. Grinkeeper does a little weightlifting to show off, and does a decent job of it. Doesn't blow any minds, but still manages to weight, lift the weights of her weight class, and they're quite impressed. This would end week one. After three more missions at the Dungeon Guild. We advance now to week two, or at least this would be your third week now, week two in our sort of montage here. Uh, you accept and are forced into, basically, your first sewer quest. And you arrive on site as a worker of Goliath man opens the manhole for you. And goes, well, there you go. In you are. Okay. <laughs> Down Grinkeeper goes. Oh, I'll go in. Uh, yes. Still montage style. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you guys climb down. His head peeks down. Uh, don't fall in. If you can. Okay. Roll a acrobatics or constitution. Mm, what's higher for me? A 21. Okay. And that well, would be acrobatics, I assume, for you? Yes. Uh, okay. A 19, that is athletics. Wasn't requested. Oh, well, you said athletics or acrobatics. What'd you say? Acrobatics or constitution. Oh, my bad. Uh, that was not the right one. Hold on. Let's do constitution. <laughs> Shit. A four. Okay. This is the same modifier. I should have just... Ugh. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> a 12 for acrobatics. Okay. <laughs> We skip ahead in the day. Ko emerges untouched, beautiful. Down there you fought a carrion crawler. They're basically giant grubs with tentacles that reach out in front of them and attempt to poison you. Ko, looking immaculate, didn't once fall in. Splinterbelt, you crawl out of the manhole and lose your biscuits. <laughs> Sweet. Grinkeeper, you're lightly splashed by the day's events, but overall managed to stay mostly clean. You are forced to take the next day off. It does count towards your quota, but you're forced to take the day off due to smell. Because your next quest is crowd control. You arrive at the guild and you are immediately set to work with a silver by the name of Willamette Molly. You're joining her in the market square. She is hunting a hag. As you arrive in the market square... You spread out. One of the shopkeeps here is a night hag. She's been eating dreams, putting people to sleep, and slowly stealing their souls. Willamette Molly, being the silver, is going to be the one to battle her. Your job is to help her locate the hag, while also controlling the crowd, which might panic once the hag is revealed. No requests here. How would you find a hag in a market square. 
Oh, man. Oh, by the way, I've, I've had a long respite before all of this, right? Yes, yes. So you're no longer smelly and you have all your spells. I gotta do, I gotta do that real quick. Okay. Um, Splinterbelt has nothing to... I almost took... Um, what's it called? Uh, divine evil or whatever it's called. Anyway, this spell that lets me tell uh, if I can if something's evil or not. And I didn't take it, so I got nothing. I can make water. Uh. <laughs> I can destroy water too. This will not help in our quest. Co would try to find some place up high where you could kind of survey the crowd. And probably use perception to try and identify anyone acting suspicious or moving in a way that seems like they're trying to get away from being investigated. Anything odd. Okay. What'd you get on that perception? Well, let's roll. It'd be a 21. All right. You take up a vantage point, climbing on top of one of the nearby shops and looking out over the market square. You spot a man well-dressed passed out wallet in hand, or at least money bag in hand, holding a small tart. You say a tart or a part? A tart. A tart. One hand, he's got his money bag out. He's completely passed out in a nearby alleyway. Pretty major street, in fact. He's getting splashed with a bit of mud by the horse carts that go by. And in his other hand, he has a tart. A little, uh, you know, like a small pie. With some jam sort of stuff in the middle, some filling, and then a couple of berries on top, and there's a bite out of it. He's just passed out. Is there anyone around him, or just he's laying there? He's just laying there. All right, I would uh, go and point Willamette in that direction and describe what I saw. Cool. Grinkeeper, how do you contribute? Uh, Grinkeeper's going to start taking note of the roads and the layout um, and trying to set up where she can force the crowd to run if they need to get out. Okay. Did you end up getting to anything, Splendor Belt, or are you standing around summoning and destroying water? I'm just standing there. <laughs> feeling, like, looking a little, like, like what, what are we doing? Why, what, what? And, I'll, and I, I'll take interest in whatever Ko's doing and follow him anywhere he goes or whatever he does. But I have not, I'm right. not doing anything to prepare. Splinterbell comes and hovers over your conversation. <laughs> yep. That is what he would do. Co and Molly head over to the Tart Man and attempt to roust him, but he seems magically asleep and unable to be awakened by any means of this shaking type. But you do have the Tart in hand. And you search the marketplace for one selling these tarts. And you do find a little blonde girl about four feet high, four two. She's got a basket with the very same tarts inside of it. You see this from a distance. You have not approached her yet. Um... I guess I would ask uh, Molly, is there any behavior you would need to look for or get from them? I could go try and buy a tart.
That's not a bad idea. I will watch from back here then and be prepared to fight. If you're Should tired, the Nighthag reveal herself. I will whisper because I'm still there. If you get tart and is poison, I have no way to get rid of poison, so do not have to tiptoe around tart. Oh. Just for good. your own information. Ko will approach the little girl selling the tarts. Are you here for one of the tarts? Oh, look at you. You are absolutely adorable. You're selling tarts. Yes, for my mother. Your mother? She's very sick. Oh, such a shame. No child should have to watch that. I will take two tarts. All right. She grabs two tarts, wraps them in a little bit of cloth ties at the top and hands them off to you. They're both surprisingly cheap at only one silver piece each. Such a deal. You know, it turns out I do not have a way to break the this, and he'll just hold up a single gold coin. Why don't you keep it? For your mother. You see, uncharacteristically, the eyes narrow and begin darting back and forth, thinking hard. The mouth sort of wiggles and works on some words. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, for my mother. Correct. Right. As a matter of fact, you've been out here selling these all day. I am sure you are getting hungry yourself. Why don't you share one with me? He'll offer a tart to the little girl. Of, of course. They're delicious. They're from my mother. What's your mother's name? Sarah. Sarah is such Nothing's, a beautiful name. Nothing suspicious here. Is she, You know, I'm familiar with most of the families around here. What's the last name? Sarah Song? Sarah Song. Not familiar. Are you new? When did you move to town? We, uh, we live outside of town. We have trouble finding lodgings. Oh, do you have a home or do you live in a tent? What sort of lodgings do you have? Yeah, uh, we sell tarts. There's customers waiting. I must, I must keep for my mother. Two weeks. Looks around. Are there customers waiting? There doesn't seem to be anybody waiting in the immediate area. I don't see anybody waiting. Why don't we sit and eat together? You seem like you have such amazing information you could share with me. How old are you? Um. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't know how old you are? What is this? See, I have a little girl myself, and you do not seem at all like a little girl. I'm doing my best. Mm. Unfortunately, I am thinking not good enough. Right here. <laughs> He'll just point and what's, gesture. What's right here? 
at that moment, uh, Grinkeeper will see Ko yell right here, point, and she'll be on the opposite side of the square and start being like, everyone, check out how far I can throw these javelins! With a uh, persuasion performance? <laughs> performance, I guess, yeah. Sweet, somebody's throwing javelins over there. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> a five? Oh, ouch. A five? Ouch. All right. That's not great. So you nail a nearby blacksmith building. You know, it's not a one, so no, nobody's hurt, but just into the wall. The three or so people I looked up were like, what? Was she? Uh, the, uh, watch me do this handstand to chainmail. Athletics. Okay. 17. I like that. That's something I'd watch. <laughs> Some people start heading over. Uh, let, what, what would you do next? Because, you know, just a handstand isn't going to uh, hold their she's attention. She's going to keep up the athletics. So handstand, then she'll start doing some push-ups and chain mail. Uh, she'll run really fast. Okay. <laughs> just very, uh, very awkward trying to get the crowd's attention. All very right. loud. Here's some whispers. I expected more than this. Was this going somewhere? I, I, I wanted to see a flip or two or something. It's a, is that a wood? I can try a flip. J- just let me know. Yeah, do a flip. I'm here to entertain. <laughs> do a flip. 16. Flip. Pretty good. You know, you kind of you do the flip where you sort of woo on the other side, but it's a good flip. And chainmail, no less. You know, your javelin scrapes the ground as you do it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. What? Why is this happening? <laughs> in the in the background, uh, Splendorbelt, do you do anything seeing this little girl start to twitch on the chair he she's sharing with Ko? I will I am gonna I am was and am and will continue to just stare at her, not at all interested in the ruckus that is my I, I think I would perceive as a ruse. I'm just gonna stare at her in case she moves or does anything. All right, they're on the bench with this happening in the background. Uh, Grinkeeper, you have managed to gather a crowd of 16 people with your athletic display and about half emptied the market square at the current moment. You haven't taken any of the workers from their shops. You haven't made the dock workers stop. Everyone's still doing business, but the uh, shoppers are at least half emptied. Leave now if you value your life, little guy. I mean, sorry, little girl, are you threatening me? Very much so. I've got to sell some tarts to put them to sleep and eat their dreams at night. Oh, you are most definitely the hag you were looking for. You're looking for a hag. And Ko will produce his, uh, his blade and light it in front of her. And look for wherever Molly went to. <laughs> She's only paying attention. You, you've got Splendor Belt just staring blankly at you about 10 feet away. And then looking through a cart, watching the exchange is Molly. You see Molly pull down a pair of goggles. And they've got those little... Uh, 
<laughs> national treasure. <laughs> the little flip downs of the various glass colors. Yeah. And she starts cranking them and adjusting and moving in the various colored glass. Uh, Splendor Belt, if you would be so kind as to maybe do anything to startle people away from this area. Uh, yes. Okay, uh, there's a big thing happening, look at this! And I'll cast, uh, Sacred Flame just sort of in front of me at, at nothing. <laughs> okay. Just to kind of distract. It's like, ah, look, ah, look, a, a, a light! You bring down, you you do your normal sacred hand summoning or sacred flame and you bring down your hand and you feel disapproval. Oh, Paylor. You know in your heart that Paylor would not allow the sacred flame to be used as a theatric. This is the sacred flame we're talking about. This is the feeling that I have? Yeah. Hmm. Been a bad week for Splendor Belly's getting scolded by everyone, yeah. including his dad. <laughs> Goes all the way to the top. Um, I'll uh, I'll try to shake that feeling off because I feel like this was an important moment to save lives. So ultimately, I will be doing Paylor's work by helping save these people, and I'll try to have that feeling supersede the guilt feeling. Oh, that's an interesting note. Okay. Uh- Mechanically, for any rules mongers out there, religion is history and information. But let's roll a a religion check here to see if you can sort of uh, wheel and deal. All right, here we go. Nine. <laughs> I have a feeling it's I won't be able to wheel and deal. <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's <laughs> the sacred flame we're talking about here. Yeah. Is there another spell you could use that would be louder equally uh, while still kind of accomplishing your goal? Oh, yeah. Um, can I throw it, though? Hold on a second. All right. How far away is um, Kristen's distraction? from me. Kristen's distraction is on the other side of the market square, so we're talking about two blocks now? More than 30 feet. Okay. Yeah. And my goal is to get people out of this gen- this, ex- this this immediate area, according to Co. So what I'm going to do is in her direction, even though I can't have it happen right by her, but 30 feet away from me, I will pick a spot and I will uh, create an instantaneous sound that originates from a point of my choice within range, such as a rumble or thunder or cry of a raven or ominous whispers. I'm going to do... I mean, it just says such as, so can I... How much freedom do I have on the sound I can make? Yeah, so uh, basically this is all... These are limiting factors, so you can think of something equal to three times louder voice. Like, you're not going to produce a giant dragon in the sky illusion... But you can make ominous whispers, the sound of rumbling thunder, that sort of thing. So it, it's up to you what you create with it. I would want to make these limiting ideas. I would I would want to make a. Um, the problem is I don't want to scare them from there. 
I want to push them to there. Um, okay. I know what I'll do. I'm going to go. Uh, before I do anything, I'll go, the ground is breaking. And I'll yell uh, yell that. And then I will create a uh, rumble. The sound, like the sound of thunder, almost like an explosion happening right in the vicinity, thus telling people to get the H out of here. Get moving. Okay. Awesome. And it sounds like... Yeah, they buy it. People go, people go, oh, an earthquake. Oh, they all start heading out. Uh, Grinkeeper, back with your athletics, which you have now moved into crunches to impress the crowd. (laughs) Um, Seeing how many javelins I could curl. Turns out all five of them. Okay. They're, <laughs> so they're not that heavy. Okay. The, uh, roll, in a, roll in one more performance for us. An eight. Okay. You've lost some of the crowd at this point, but uh, in, in the excitement of the moment, someone has brought over two caged chickens that were on sale for the day, and you've now got one on each side of your javelin. And you're doing some chicken curls. Awesome. Chicken they're they're all a little unimpressed. They're all wondering if you could do more chickens. And one of the guys has run over to grab some more. Two chickens just doesn't bring seem keepers. like. Bring it. More chickens. Maybe a dog. I might as well see where this goes. And he goes and fetches <laughs> more chickens. A, 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 a crowd of 16 or so goes rushing by saying, Earthquake, whoa, there's there's an earthquake. The ground is collapsing at the docks. Not again. Are, are the fish people attacking? And they all go running. Uh, next to you, Ko, you see very briefly the image of a purple-skinned being tied around the fingers, the joints, the ankles, in this long, ragged, just disgusting bit of clothing with skulls and bones hanging off of their rope belt. They have horns and this huge mat of black hair, but still are about that uh, that four foot or so of the little girl. That appears next to you briefly, dropping the tarts which spill on the ground, and then with a <gasps> just disappears from existence. Behind the, the cart, you see Molly adjusts her glasses and say, go, go, go. And she rushes in, starting to cast spells, pulling out a wand. Get the people out of here. All right, Ko will jump up. Anybody who's kind of lingering around, he'll go and start ushering away, uh, encouraging with words at first, but if they still won't move, he'll start shoving. And Spunderbelt? Same. I'll follow his example to start start encouraging people to move kind of do like that cop thing please stay behind the line kind of thing move go this way and if they don't i'll manhandle a few of them in a cool. very spiritual Let's do some persuasion checks way. then for those all right persuasion a 19 for me all right uh 14 for me okay decent you know it goes a bit more personable about it as they as they pass by, people clutching babes and whatnot. Thank you, thank you. Oh, uh, bless you, Woodley Curse, and they they run for it. Uh, people just kind of yeah, yeah. The traffic. All right, we're going this way. This has happened before. Jeez, the fish people again. Grinkeeper, give us one more, one one more athletics. 
An 11. I mean, you you get you got six chickens, three on each side, but people kind of lost interest and they start wandering off. All the same, you managed to pull them from the center here. And while you guys are doing this in the background is an epic wizard battle that is completely one-sided with an entirely invisible enemy <laughs> until eventually, after multiple turns, multiple spells launch into the air, the hag lays on the ground, dead. She walks over with her wand, like a welding torch, carves off the horn and collects from her bag something that looks like a, a stone shaped like a heart and places it in her own. Thus concludes our crowd control day. Unless, of course, you want to do something else. No, there'd be then some we advance. montage high fives and everything and then advance. Yeah, I, I, well, you know, that's worth asking. Are you guys kind of the jump in the air, high five kind <laughs> type? You've now, this would uh, be the end of your third week together. So before you part for another four days of required rest by the guild, what does that look like in our little party here? For the sake of the montage. Firm handshakes. Yeah, firm yeah. handshakes, lots of chest pounding and my two maces together clang clang yeah. like that kind of thing yeah I think back at the guild sharing stories even though we all did the same thing talking about you know the like wait you were distracting by lifting chickens and you know like oh remember the time Splendor Belt fell in poop and uh, you know laughing, <laughs> laughing and reminiscing about things that we all experienced anyway <laughs> <laughs> and then of course the scene of Cassius laughing as well as he pours the tea at the table we'll go and take our break there perfect timing we'll be back in a minute everybody come on back and take your own breaks as well and we'll see you in a minute for more there will be dungeons start again hold on a moment <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are here for the next part of today's episode. Back to you, Kyle. All right, nice job on the uh, montage every, every, so far, everybody. All right, let us continue. So that was our crowd control day. So we enter the next week. Uh, you all, of course, have once again returned back to your homes, spent time with your families, spent time at school, spent time casting and working at the Temple of Pelor. But you show up and you have yet another seemingly underdark quest available to you and you grab it up. But this one, in fact, is yet another rat false alarm. And there is just a dire rat skirting around in a basement. You fight it off rather easily and report back, though you still get the payment based on beating a dark mantle, which was nice. The next day when you enter the guild, you are immediately drafted up, selected to help out with a fire that's broken out inside the town. You are handed some fire-resistant cloaks, basically like firefighter uniforms. Your arms go through them. You, they hang down to your back. Big, thick material that has given you fire resist, so you take half damage from fire this day. Uh-oh. That means something bad's going to happen. Well... <laughs> Helping battle the flames. Or how do you 
help battle the flames. What do you contribute to a flame-battling adventure? Well, how are they on water? Do they have a lot? Uh, they could always use some more water. Then, um... I will create water. I've never done this. Let me see. Ten gallons of clean water within range of an open container. Alternatively, the water uh, falls as ran 30 foot. Okay, I don't care about that. Oh, no, I do, actually. I can create a 30-foot cube of uh, basically rain uh, that will put out any sort of like large area of fire that fits with that 30-foot range. Awesome. Yeah. An excellent contribution. Yeah, I would agree. How many times? You you can do that. I can do it twice. Two slots for this. Oh, okay, looks like you can cast at a higher level. Oh, or... yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry. I can cast okay. it at first level, which will let me do... Is it also 30 feet? Yeah, it's yeah, the same. Yeah, so it looks like the difference is... You cast at level one with four slots and create this 30-foot cube of rain, or you can cast it at second level for a 35-foot cube of rain. Right. But both are at the same range and cost the same actions, just different spell slots to augment it. Right. But very cool. So in our mental image here, we've got we got Splendor Belt outside summoning the rain and kind of moving this block of rain back and forth over the buildings. Co, what do you do in a firefight? Uh, is it just fire? Does anybody need to be evacuated? Certainly, there's always people who could use some help. All right. He would assist with that using, you know, dexterity, acrobatics, a magical rope that can fly and attach itself to things. He would try and get himself to places that are not easily reached and get anybody in there out of there. Okay, let's do acrobatics. Let's see what that's like. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that's a six. So you're going about saving people from windows, helping pull them from buildings, or at least, you know, helping break the windows, getting them out. Uh, you're using your sultan's rope of climbing to scale up the sides of buildings. And eventually you do enter an area where you try to balance beam across some of the rafters in order to access some people stuck on an upper story. And you fall. You fall pretty hard down into some flames. Now, of course, you're wearing the flame-resilient outfits, which makes you take half damage from fire, but it is magical, so the fact that you have it on means that your hair is protected, your legs are protected, even though they might stick out. So you do take some damage, and you're looking a bit singed at the end of the day. Grinkeeper? Uh, Grinkeeper is evacuating people as well, using her hammer to smash waves through the building. Also All right. help carrying things if people need stuff they need to get out. I'm just over there going. Who would be hit? And then I go, ah, and then the rain. Ah, look at that. Look at the rain I have made. Feel the cold, awesome rain. <laughs> and the rain continues. <laughs> uh, would a 12 hit anybody? No. It's a miss. Okay, excellent. Or unless it As the day the goes other. on, surrounded by your fellow wood leaguers and bronze adventurers who have been drafted up for this particular event. Uh, there is a hellhound that is revealed to have been summoned within town. This is a fire dog. Fire erupting out of its uh, hind legs, its pits, its eyeballs, its mouth, and it has caused this particular outbreak of flames. But, however, no one is bit by it. Everybody battles it back, 
and Splendor Belt douses it with water as it runs out of the building. Awesome. We return Did to the guild. Did you say his pits? Did you say his pits were on fire? What did you yeah, say? yeah, you're like, you know, big old, you know, coming out because he's the dog <laughs> down all four, but he's got the flame pits. Okay. Instead of hair there, it's fire. Yeah. All right. Just making sure I heard that right. It's his yeah. pits. No, you get, yeah, you got it. Okay. <laughs> you take your third adventure of the week. This one is actually a dark mantle. Much like octopi, it can fit anywhere that its beak can fit. So it has crawled up through the piping and was inside of a tannery. You ended up slaying it, and the people inside were quite thankful. You return, having killed yet another dark mental, and advanced yourself once again as sort of the local underdark handlers. Of course, your previous quests were all rats, but, you know, people still respect the idea that you knock those out. You take another four days, and you're back at the guild. This time with cursed clothing at the nearby laundromat, or, well, as it's known, pre- a cleaned and pressed to digitation. <laughs> a cursed oh, set of clothing has been cleaned, has been cleansed, but the curse jumped on to the clothes in the vat, and you battle various t-shirts animated by these dark intents. A blanket jumps at Ko. With a 21. Oh, yeah, that hits. Splendor Belt, you are attacked with a 14. That, whoops, that. It does not hit. It misses. Woo! And a 17 for Evelyn. Miss. All right. <laughs> Returning to the guild that night, Ko is the only one with rug burns, or at least uh, sweater burns, on his person. However, you're now aware on the map that there is a place called cleaned and pressed to digitation and it can handle any sort of magical cleaning you may need for your various outfits oh cool so if we curse a pair of pants they'll get that stain yeah. out the curse out okay or you know just blood on the pants is you know, also cleanable but you know okay prob- probably don't bring cursed clothes here as there was an outbreak of animated socks gotcha which did attack the various people uh, you have now dealt with it, and they are eternally grateful. And your final quest in this montage. You took a quest where it was reported that someone was tunneling. That there was scratching noises in the walls. Something was digging under one of the local shops. Everyone make a wisdom saving throw. Twenty-two. Ooh, you got a nat twenty. Nice job. Nine. All right. Although I guess it might be worth asking. I do Hmm. have advantage against spells and other magical effects. Okay, what's the particulars of that satyr stuff? Well, that's a real good question. Magical resistance. Do you have advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects? Okay, so roll it with advantage. There we go. There's a 15. That's better. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, it did not befall you, which is sad for me, but we will continue with the montage. You all headed down, 
and you found a strange old man digging a hole in a nearby shop. He was attempt attempting to reach the Underdark. His eyes were alight with purple energy, and you managed to slap him out of it. Literally, I, I, I absolutely put it to this group that one of you slapped him. <laughs> probably yes. probably Grinkeeper. Yeah, I was going to say, there's at least two candidates who would have done that. Yeah. And as, as you hit him, he, oh, where am I? What's going on? Last thing I saw is a, <gasps> and you all turn around and standing before you is a two foot tall rat. It's brain emanating, glowing from inside its own skull. You can see all the various lobes and wrinkles in there as it brain alights and its eyes flash that same vibrant purple and you all shake it off. You dodge being mind controlled by the cranium rat who would force you to dig as he searched for his new home. Instead, you slew him, naturally. And you brought back to the guild the body, or at least the head or whatever you wanted to collect, maybe the brain of a cranium rat. And so we find you now, post-montage, with a big two-foot rat under one of your arms, entering the guild. Over the course of this So you've got one day left in your three weeks or your three day quota. You have each made 1,800 gold pieces over the course of these many little adventures. Each job around the range of 125 gold to 150 gold. But now that begs the question, what's your all's living style? Are you spending it as you get it, do you live a wealthy lifestyle expecting more gold to always be around the corner? Or are you a bit more frugal with your day? What would you say, Splendorbelt? Um, I would sp I, I, I would have a mind to want to spend some of my... I would be frugal for the first... In the, in the, uh, for the most part. Like, I'm going to hang on to the money. I'm going to save it. Uh, he would definitely do that. However, he would look to future investment... And he would try to find out if maybe in this area, which isn't necessarily where he's from, but he could see himself staying here if he could find a plot of land and build a small potato farm on that plot of land. So he would be looking for a way to find somebody who maybe had land to sell. He'd always be having an eye open for any postings on the board about people saying, you know, land for sale or a farmer looking to sell his farm or, or anything like that. I'd be asking about it all the time because eventually my goal would be big potato farm, lots of raw potato for me and anyone, you know, like I would be all about my potato future. Okay. So opening something like a farm that can do any sort of high yield or at least business level. Yeah. You're looking at about 5,000 gold pieces in construction. Okay. So with now 1,800 added on top of what you'd previously made, you're not terribly far off from at least getting that started. Right. I need to write that in there. Hold on. What would be, would you say that you live a poor, modest, comfortable, wealthy, aristocratic style of life in the meantime? Um, you are also saying at the 
the temple of Palor on your days off. So that is covering any expenses there. I am assuming I get free board and room there. Uh, I'll be squirreling it all away and not spending really much of any of it um, except for real basic needs, you know, whatever they may be. The occasional potato for myself, for example. Um, but yeah, I would be I would be saving it and not living extravagantly, not showing it off. Um, for two reasons, Splendor Belt would not want people around him to think him uh, too worldly, including Paylor uh, and those around the temple. But also, um, he doesn't want to be marked for robbery, so. He would be careful with his uh, with showing off what he has. So, uh, do you continue to stay at the guild during the days when you work? Because you were staying there at night. Yeah, every night I would go there because it's not far. Oh, I'm sorry. So the days you work at the guild, do you stay at the guild itself using their accommodations, or do you now head back to the Temple of Paylor? I would head back unless there was a reason we had to stay at the guild on any given night, like some requirement, I would be going back to the temple at night. Even if it okay, was just cool. to sleep so, uh, and be ready the next morning, like overnights and stuff like that. So of your now gold amassed minus yourself 10, and this includes your expenses from the week when you first started in the guild up to this point. So you've now cleared your tab. And that includes the potato and waters you asked for in the time you were there. So minus 10, you say? Yep, minus ten gold. Okay, so that so tells still me still a pretty good haul. Make sure I'm I'm not crazy here and haven't added wrong, but over time, including montage money, I'm at two thousand five dollars or two thousand five gold. Yeah, that sounds spot on with okay. the two hundred fifteen or so you were sporting before we we montaged a month away. All right, awesome. It's not bad. Co, so, how do you live? Co's a little. A little weird because he is uh, <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> he uh, he's keeping up appearances of kind of being a noble and of a noble house. He has somebody uh, whenever he is not in on the days he's not there who comes in and cares for his wife and child for however long he is out um, and definitely seems to be of money. But he also knows that they are broke, so he's extremely frugal with when he does have to spend money. So it's sort of this like, oh, we live in this very nice house and we have somebody staying here every day to take care of people. Who wants ramen for dinner? Mm. You know, that's <laughs> that sort of thing. Keeping There's up a appearances. little mixture of both maybe landing somewhere in the middle, um, you know, meeting being both extremely uh, frugal when he can but having to pay a little extravagant when he has to. Okay. So I, I figure with paying for the attendee and the occasional doctor to come in, plus the ramen, we're probably looking at about, if comfortable, this would just be, you know, you supporting yourself would be two gold. I'd say with your frugalness in the background, we go with three gold a day. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Awesome. Let's put that in the old calculator, and you minus yourself 105 gold pieces for your expenses. Uh, right. This this is just your personal expenses, of course, uh, from adventuring and all that. We're not factoring in, you know, any investments you have you know, stuff in the background <laughs> like that. Sure. All right, puts me at 1,908. 
Excellent. And Grinkeeper, you are having your way paid by your parents currently while staying at the school. But how do you conduct yourself snack-wise, uh, outing-wise, and your expenses in style? Well, she loves to eat, and she couldn't spend the money at school because it would be too suspicious. Mm. So she'd be spending it on upgrades and trinkets, like really weird, useless stuff. Okay. Is, are, we, are we talking like useless in like airport shop level things, like a diary that reminds you of what you had to do the next day and pens that light up different colors when you write with them? There's a mix of that stuff. Like some high ticket items she'll get that are useful, but if there's money to burn, she's going to burn it. Okay. Since all your expenses are paid while at the staying at the school and you've been staying at the guild on weekends, let's go ahead and place you in that comfortable as well. So you will be just a bit shy of Co's expenses, so you're at 100 gold pieces to clear your tab over the last month and a half. Cool. And that will shore up everybody's expenses to this point, so you've got pockets full of money. You enter with the Cranium Rat and drop it off with Cassius. Delightful. And what is this creature? You tell us. I don't know. It's got a brain and it's a rat. It is brain rat. Ah, yes, a cranium rat. Uh, glad it wasn't in a swarm. Those can be quite deadly. Uh, however, just one, it may have been able to mind control you for an hour, maybe two. Any idea what it wanted? It seemed to want to dig into the Underdark. Uh, excellent. Surely it misses its family. Well done, everyone. I have great news for you. Great news. Fabulous news. Please, take a seat. I'll be right with you. And you all, with uh, your various recovering singes, long since recovered from your stinky sewers quests, from your many, your many memories, your mind full of memories of the last month, you go sit at the table, the three of you. Cassius joins you very shortly after. I have received news, everyone. Congratulations. Tomorrow's your big day. You will be joining the bronze. Your upgrade to adventurers, full time if you want it. Everyone, my thank you and congratulations. I mean, it's an honor, but it is about time, I would say. Now, now, most woodleaguers spend at least a year, maybe two, adventuring at this capacity part-time. So it's very impressive you've risen so quickly. I'm sure many people have their eye on you. And still I wonder, who was it that organized your party and assigned you to us so long ago? No matter. Selenor has seen it fit that you'll be given your badges tomorrow morning, so... For the night, you will remain woodleaguers. But if you have any funds, I suggest you hit the town and prepare yourselves, because now the real quests begin. And in fact, the real quests begin tomorrow, as we said. So feel free to head on over to the board. Pick yourself something out in the bronze category. I'm sure it'll pay well, and I'm sure you'll find something exciting for yourselves. Stay safe. 
I'll see you tomorrow with that short orientation, much like we did when you first arrived. I'll read a bit from the book, and we'll put you on your way for that first quest. Please, enjoy. He motions toward the job board and heads out. Well, you know, heads in. Heads behind his desk again to work with more clients. And Grinkeeper's gonna hop on over to the the work board. Yeah, I'll go check it out. See what we got. Yep. Same. All right. I will let's see if this works. Uh, uh, they're they're a little messy in the Discord post here, but let's uh you can see how it works back and forth. So there are four jobs available on the job board there for you. The first is called Fishy Docks. And it is a property infestation, pays 350 gold pieces. Manticore Manor, listed as property infestation. Skull Keep, listed as property infestation. And Lichen Coven, listed as, in quotes for some reason, man-made villainy. Didn't Didi tell us to go after the man-made villainy? I mean, he did, but at the same time... The rates are all the same across the board, and uh, as we know, they do not have any imagination when it comes to paying us more. Hmm. Should we flip a coin for it? Well, what does everybody think? Splendor Belt, which of these calls to you? Uh, I tend to go for fish. So fishy dock. Perhaps it's it uh, prepare us for Snake Island somehow. I don't know how. Some fish and snake are not the same. I like fish. Manticore sounds scary and lichen. I do not like lichens. F lichens. Have you ever met a lichen before? I've never met one I likened before. <laughs> he says. Greenkeeper's gonna shake her head. Kind of giggle and then go skull keep. Skull, skull keep is also okay. Why not? Let's go with skull keep. Yeah. We have what you call consensus. Yes. Yeah. Then raise potato to our success. And I'll hold out half a raw potato and like I'm like I'm drinking. Grinkeeper will grab Skullkeep off the board and hold that up to the potato. <laughs> Co, do you join? Uh, yeah, Co will just sort of... He doesn't have anything in his hand. He just sort of acknowledges with a wave. Cassius gets done with the customer he had, a, another woodleaguer, at least a fellow woodleaguer for the day. And sees you all gesturing around the board, holding up potatoes and a uh, finger and the job. <laughs> <laughs> Have you made your selection? Skull keep. Skull keep. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. There is a known boss there. It's been known for quite some time. How hard is boss? Wait. It depends how well you deal with fire and small flying objects. Oh. There should be no problem then. Very good. The boss known is a flame skull. A flame skull. 
This would be a tiny, well, a skull, flying undead. Uh, we are aware that it can speak, but all it has spoken is uh, rather, uh, rather unrepeatable things, uh, naturally. This is up at Old Withers Keep, a castle hoping to be reclaimed. The pair is willing to pay out the fee if the property is uninfested, if you will. I don't suppose we could get our hands on some of those fire-resistant cloaks. Oh, those are assigned per the job. Uh, you could, of course, go purchase some flame-resistant cloaks of your own. And in fact, before you begin any sort of bronze-level adventure, I encourage you to go shopping today. There's a number of shops in the area that might interest you. I'll be sure to hand you a map. Let me fetch one from Helenar. And he goes to the back. I'm dropping a map of the nearby shops into the Discord here for you all. Excellent. The main yeah. shops of note in the area are Arcane to Go, Grapple and Tackle, Pocket Punch Alchemy, and Clean and Press Digitation. There are also mundane shops, tons of mundane shops where you could get arrows and a normal bow and all sorts of things like that. But this would be the main expense place that you would go to spend your big monies to get magic items. There it is. Okay, chat. You guys can see it. All right. Any other questions I can answer before you're on your way? We will start the quest tomorrow. I'll be sure to let Aegis know you'll be requiring a ride to the keep. Um, what time are we supposed to be here for the whole ceremony tomorrow? Oh, for the ceremony. Oh, well, as long as you're here during the day, I could handle it. But the keep will be right where it was. It's been there for years, infested by this flame skull. No one's really taken the job for some reason or another. Is there a hidden story about why it's so bad? Well, there were ones who took the job, I should say. They didn't come back. I'm guessing we find body while, while looking. Perhaps. The body will probably find you, being that the skull in charge is flying around. I bet he's made some friends out of our old adventuring companions. Ooh. Do not like this. Well, tomorrow then. Whenever you choose to show up, we will drop you off at that keep via the Aegis cart. Enjoy your day shopping. Shopping day. Okay. All right, you guys got some jingle in your pockets? It's time to get suited up. Where would you head? Does, do you all split up? Do you all stay together? Um, I would go with, I'd want to go with, I don't know who I'd want to go with though. I mean, if we're going as a group, yeah, I'd go we'll with probably the probably go together, make sure we're not doubling up on stuff. Yeah. You know, if we're going to buy something. Good idea. We're not that rich. Yeah. Cool. Well, what shop would, uh, who would take the lead here? Is anyone particularly excited? 
Grapple and tackle. All right. Grinkeeper leads you all out the door, slightly down the road to a rather mundane-looking general store. It has large barrels of hay in the back, has a barn with several horses inside, and the doors are especially wide and rounded, uh, much like you might find in a hobbit hole sort of situation. And upon entering, you see the general hustle and bustle of some wood leagues, even some bronzers, some you've met, some you haven't interacted with, moving about, as well as just general folk in here, picking up, you know, uh, a mason jar of almonds kind of stuff. <laughs> the general store here has anything you could possibly imagine of the mundane. Working in the back, carrying these large boxes, you see a brown tortolan wearing a basic pair of khaki pants. No shirt, anything like that. Behind the counter, there is yet another brown tortolan. They both look almost exactly the same to you. And he is wearing brown khaki pants, but he's put on a little bow tie. Nice. Do you all sell magic items? You interrupt the customer he's currently with by hollering over at the top. Hmm? What? No. We sell no such things here. Only the mundane needs of the lively folk who require us. Thanks. And then Grinkeeper will head out. Have oh. a good and you leave. You didn't need anything mundane. Oh, I've got plenty of mundane stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think I need anything. They don't have, like, weapons here, right? It's more like stuff you would just use. Yeah, this would just be uh, carts, chests. This may be where one day Splinterbilt might choose to buy his lumber to build his farm with. Uh, you do notice on the way out, Grinkeeper, as you turn around, that there is a rather sizable section dedicated to mundane pets. They have hamsters, dogs, chickens, that sort of thing. But not, no magical creatures of any kind. No shrubs. <laughs> no no dancing magical shrubs, no. Okay, Grinkeeper will sigh a little. And keep heading out. All right, I'll go. Yep, I'll follow. Don't need anything here. All right, Greenkeeper, you seem to be in the lead. Where do you take people next? All right. Arcane I, to go. Oh, sorry. Hmm? Whenever sorry. I say Greenkeeper, I get... I don't know why I mix my character name up with Greenkeeper. Oh, yeah. You guys have double name. first names, yeah. you know. Well, they don't want to use them. <laughs> That's true. Um, I was informed in episode one that I didn't. they didn't want to use them. Yeah. It's just the DM doing what he was told. Um, I would go to... Uh, Probably arcane to go. Seems like they might have those cloaks we need. The fire resistant business. You head to arcane to go and you enter into a shop that is almost exclusively behind the counter. Much like you might find at like a pharmacy. You enter the door and it is just a long, the whole room is spanned by this long table of which there is sort of one station where a man sits with just a beautiful mustache curled up in the corners uh, this dark red hair completely slicked back he wears a gorgeous suit and he's got a number of stones with spirals 
laid out before him that he's kind of pushing around, putting in different orders, much like someone might arrange a pencils while they're bored. He stands in a crushed velvet suit, looking lovely. And as you enter, he looks up. Ah, welcome to Arcane to go. My invention. We have a number of things here. What are you looking for? What can I help you with? I am Gruber Lifton, head of Arcane to go, inventor of spells to go, which is where I got the name Arcane to go. I have scrolls, I have magic items, I have everything your heart could desire, as long as it requires magic. Uh, we were told you have fire-resistant cloak for sale Fire-resistant cloak. Yes. This is true. Are you looking for a cloak of protection, or more the resistance from the fire? Resistance from fire. So it does not hurt so much when we get burned. Ah, yes. Allow me to inspect my goods. And he sweeps to the back. He brings back a metal case. Opens up the top and then folds down the sides. And sitting there on a mannequin is this beautiful, gorgeous... um, What's the word for disgustingly rich? Uh, uh, vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> mantle. The mantle of spell resist. 30,000 gold pieces. And you will find yourself with advantage against the spells. Ugh. Do you do any kind of loan or rent? Perhaps Every you are- time. It's so much perhaps, money. <laughs> perhaps you are interested then in scrolls or rings. Cole, a, Cole, you have all kinds a, of money. You are a rich, noble man. Perhaps you buy a cloak. We pay, we pay you back. No? sits completely still. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't say anything. Dope. Okay, tell me about I'm, the ring, I'm man. I'm witnessing a bartering I've never seen before. <laughs> Just immediately ask anybody for a loan. <laughs> I, I see that you are all, and he puts his fingers to his hand, all Wood League adventurers. Greenkeeper goes and looks to Cohen's Splendor Belt. He knows. She'll mouth to them. Yes! Your funds have not come in. Your monies are low. But you still require adventure. You must be protected. Then allow me to point you towards the armor of resistance. And he sweeps to the side and grabs out a cloak, much like the one you've seen and used during your firefighting day. Armor of resistance. I have many different kinds. Necrotic, psychic, whatever may interest you. This fire one here. 5,000 gold pieces. Ugh. Well, (laughs) what do you have uh, for maybe a little less money than that? 
doesn't have to necessarily be protective. I'm just curious about what you have in the range of, let's say, 2,000 gold. For 2,000 gold pieces? And he sweeps to the side. Uh, he's got those uh, large shelves that kind of move on track. So he thumbs through them, or well, pushes them aside like he was going through a book. For 2,000 gold pieces, I have many things that might interest you. I have Heward's Handy Haversack. I never knew a Heward, but I do sell it. And what exactly does that do? It's a backpack. A magical backpack. Weighs five pounds, regardless of its contents. How much? I said 2,000 gold pieces. Damn it. VC's <sighs> problem. And Grinkeeper will look at the ground. There are many items. Perhaps you can look at my catalog. And he pulls out a magic wand and whooshes it in the book before you. Goes and opens to the 2,000. I'm now going to shoot you guys a link in the Discord that you can peruse. Please ignore anything that would be potions in this shop. For that is at the potion store. You there, the barter man, looking for a deal. <laughs> what is it you seek? Uh, I will find the item. We will find the right place. I, Gruber Lifton, can do this. I am trying to... Uh, we have big battle ahead and fire is problem. So trying to get stuff to protect from that. Okay. Perhaps you're looking for more something in the less ownership, shared, a crowdsource spell. Uh, I do not know what this is. Of course you don't, because I invented it. You see, these stones before me are all messaging stones. I have in my roster here some 12 different wizards, sorcerers, and clerics who can cast a spell on you before you head out of town Enchant you for your day. Uh, I mean, I'll look at my companions. You know this. What is this? I mean, it's up to you if it's what you want to do. Well, we're going together. I cannot make decisions for everyone. How much is this idea? Depends on the spell we cast. We will set an appointment. The spellcaster will arrive tomorrow morning and cast the spell upon you. Okay. Or perhaps for more than that, you would be interested in purchasing a scroll of which you would cast at your distant location. If you were to travel then more, more than a day, my spells from my glorious companions here would wear off by that time. A scroll would be more of an interest. Eh... I see on your list you have potion. Let's see. Go. No yeah, potions potion. here. Oh, sorry. I see. You on lie. Your, I see. You read your, no potions. Yeah, no potion. I don't see it. Uh, instead, I see. Uh, what is Nolzer's marvelous pigments? What does this do? Ah, the marvelous pigments. I show them to you. <laughs> 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 he is stoked about his marvelous pigments. <laughs> Out of breath, he's so excited about the pigment. Yep. This here, for a mere 200 gold pieces, contains 
pots of fine wood with brushes. The paint flows from the brushes and creates an image of your desire. So like a pretty... Can you paint? What is your name? Uh, my name is Crandall Splendorbelt, and I do not paint. Well, Mr. Splendorbelt, you do not paint, but have you ever desired to paint? No, oh, I see what you mean. These magical brushes will guide your hand. Picture the image in your mind, and it shall appear on the paper before you. On the wall, on the tapestry. Do you paint tapestries? No, you weave them. This is correct. But you could paint anything. You could paint on the street. You could paint a face. All from your mind's eye. No skills necessary. Does this item interest you? It does not help in fight, but I do like it. So yes, give me paint. I'm going to paint. I only give you two. I only have 150. Roll up persuasion. All right. Was hoping you'd say that. An 11? Mr. Splendorbelt, these paints are sought after by the most rich of artists. Even those who can paint wish they had these marvelous pigments. I cannot possibly part with them for less than 200. I can do... And Keeper slams 200 on the table. Sold! Oh, shit. <laughs> I was negotiating with this man. You don't have to put... Okay, 200. I'll pay, and I sweeps over. Lady, what is your name? <laughs> Grinkeeper. Grinkeeper, I will box these up for you. And he begins boxing and ties Wait. it. Yes. The javelin of lightning. The javelin of lightning. Oh, say it ain't so. A purchaser of the javelin of lightning. And he pushes aside his great bookshelves on these tracks. The javelin of lightning. This very javelin was said to be a well welded by a great storm giant. I do not know his name because I only heard the story of the man I bought it off of, but this javelin is a magical weapon. Uncommon quality forms a line five feet wide, extends out, and shoots lightning at your foes. Some might even say it's 4d6 worth of lightning. I wouldn't know because I've never received such damage of such great amounts as this javelin can do. 46. Do you desire the javelin of lightning? Yes. 1,000 gold pieces is all that you need to part with. Take should it. you want. I Do you have begin. anything else? I've got 400 <laughs> left. I will begin boxing it post-haste, but lo, 400 gold pieces can afford you not just a potion. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is I have for it. 400 a necklace of fireballs. Two beads left on it, a discount for it lacks the six beads of which most fireball necklaces have. I also have a horn of blasting, a sovereign's glue, and I could enchant your weapon with viciousness. What would the viciousness do? This viciousness allows when you criticalize your enemy, <laughs> you deal extra damage of 2d6 of the weapon's type. Take it! And then Grinkeeper will hand over <laughs> her hammer. Very good. Return tomorrow morning and I shall have this weapon infused with viciousness. 
For now, I begin boxing yet again, your javelin of lightning. And my paints! And the paints, of course, your paints, your marvelous pigments shall be yours. Gentlemen, I proceed to the back to finish this order. Please look over my book at your leisure. And he glides to the back. This man is very, very excited about his job. He's very excited. You continue to look over the book in this time. And he returns with a great big box with a javelin inside of it of lightning, a small box with the marvelous pigments, and your warhammer is currently unequipped for I have it in the back. I should say, Gruber Lifton has it in the back. Uh, Gentlemen. Quick quick question I asked before you show what you did. Uh, What? You have used Mace of Terror or only new ones? Like, I tried to find discount on Mace of Terror. (laughs) Mr. Thunderbelt. (laughs) Are you aware that the Mace of Terror creates a 30-foot radius of absolute dread? Yes. And it is 9,000 gold pieces and not a cent lighter. And there is no used one because it would be too terrible to carry. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, you keep it. Uh, I am just looking. Mr. Splendbelt, perhaps I can wet your whistle. I hope that means what you mean it to mean. uh, (laughs) Stage your taste buds for excitement. Okay. Garnish your feelings with awe. (laughs) Okay. I don't know what this is, but okay. You seem the kind of man who owns everything he needs. Yes. So why not make what you have better? Okay. Do you use a shield? Yes. I could make it a plus one shield for but 1,000 gold pieces. Uh, Do you use a weapon? Yes. Mace. A plus one weapon. Okay. For 1,000 gold pieces. How about for 1,000 gold pieces, you give me two two weapons plus one. So two for one. The magics that I weave into these weapons require materials, special dusts and oils. That I purchased with my own hard-earned cash, Mr. Splendorbelt, to split it in half over one item or two items and would not only be a disservice to the mace itself that I would be enchanting, but would be an insult to the very magics that I weave. How much you make and on how much how much you make on this? Like how much profit? Arcane to go. Is a registered business here in Atomo. And I have every right to sell things at the price I choose. <laughs> I've gotten under his skin now. <laughs> okay, well, I just... Uh, f- f- not for now. No, don't worry about Mace. Too much money. You walk away 
With a chance of plus one to hit with your maces and you turn it down. You give me a better deal. Maybe we talk. It's not good price for me. 1,000 gold pieces plus one to your armor. Have you been hit this week? Uh, yes. A few times. Would it have been a miss if your AC was one higher? Uh, in one case, These yes. are the sort of things I offer you. This, this fine, upstanding lady knows what a deal is. She has bought three of my items this day. Does nothing interest you, Mr. Splendabelt? At the moment, no. Then you may leave. I wait for my friends. It's fine. I'm not, I don't make mess or take stuff. I just sit here. I wait for them. Then do not bother me anymore, Mr. Splendabelt. <laughs> I will not sir. bug you anymore. You have been very sir, nice. you are still bothering me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what is your name and what do you seek? Uh, my name is Ko Spiros. I am looking for, uh, I think maybe a weapon upgrade of some kind as well. Mm. And what is this weapon? Well, I was thinking maybe we could make this short sword, and he pulls it out. Uh, what if we did this short sword, and we made it a short sword of life stealing? We'll be very expensive, I say as I'm on the other side of the room. Hope you sell your children, uh, your family, or your house. It's very expensive here. When, uh, when you attack a creature with this magic weapon and roll a 20 on the attack roll, extra 3d6 necrotic damage. Temporary hit points of the extra damage dealt. Beautiful choice. Oh, in a short sword such as this, that would be a fine addition. I would charge a mere 1,000 pieces for this. I was also thinking of maybe getting a vicious dagger as well. Oh. Um, do you require that I bring my own dagger or do you have one? I have no such daggers. You may go purchase them in the area shops, but this is a magic shop. I do not carry such mundane items, though I do enchant them. What would it cost to get it made to be a vicious dagger? The vicious dagger. How does one spell viciousness? <laughs> I believe that's a thousand as well. Because that's uh, what a Grinkeeper got. On here as 400. Oh, right, right, right. That's the very thing Grinkeeper got for 400. Perfect. For now, let's start with the life-stealing enchantment, please. Excellent. Present the blade, and I shall have it for you tomorrow morning. All right. Give that up. Thousand gold. And that's it. Perfect. Just the one blade for now? Yep. All right. Okay, you drive hard bargain. Remind me again how to have one more AC. <laughs> Is it a thousand? Mr. Splendbelt, I'm afraid I'm going to have a very busy night. I must begin enchanting immediately. 
Yes, but if, it's a money. If you, you, you want speak to th- serious, sir. <laughs> if you speak with intent to purchase, I will listen. But I cannot play your games any further, Mr. Splendor. I'm ready to buy, okay? Just calm down. Here's 1,000 gold for... And give me AC 16. Plus one. Excellent. It shall be yours. It shall be yours for the listed price, Mr. Splinterbelt. Please disrobe your armors. <laughs> Hold on, Unless thousand. You do not wear. It's still thousand gold. Yes, Mr. Splinterbelt. Please. <laughs> we have reached an agreement. Do not sully our fine relationship this day. Okay, just making sure I pull out the right amount of money. You have, sir. And you shall have enchanted armor okay, okay. of the plus one variety. Okay. And I'll take off my stuff. Give it to him. Very good. <laughs> Did you ever repurchase your vestments? No. Or are they still full of Grick holes? They're still full of Grick holes. Um, we're not going to find those here, are we? Hold on. No, no. I'm just saying what you have left to put on is a full of holes vestment. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right. That's all or, I've got. Or you'd be wearing your under under armor. Yeah, I got my my under not, not the brand. My <laughs> my under bits. Yeah, I've got some kind of like clothy, you know, undershirt. Sure. All that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So looking a little less splendorful. Yeah. But all the same, you all have made your purchases, and they'll be ready for you in the morning before you head out on the Aegis cart. Excellent. Really to the alchemy could. shop. <laughs> <laughs> Grinkeeper leads you down the street to buildings to pocket punch alchemy. And as you enter, you hear, oh, as an explosion goes on behind the counter. <laughs> One second, I'll be with you shortly. Okay. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> They call me Goggles Granny. I'm in charge of Pocket Punch Alchemy. I've got a real name, you know, but I don't use it. What can I get for you? You are... And she narrows her eyes. Oh, wood leaguers, you'll be looking for potions of healing, I suspect. Potions of healing for all of you. Uh, uh, fire, fire resist. Uh, fire breath uh, potions available. <laughs> Uh, fire resist yeah. fire resist resistance will not be tolerated <laughs> for the record I will take two potions of healing alright and she heads back behind and starts throwing things in the cauldron. Splendorbelt will be annoyed by this, by the way, because he thinks his healing is so great that nobody should need to feel like they need extra healing potions, even though they probably do. So he's a little hurt by this. Does he say anything? Scott, the player, is not. No, I'm just going to look at you a little indignantly. I'll give, throw you a look like... Psh. No, I'll, you know what? I will mutter something. I'll go, health potion, you don't need it. Uh, you have me. No one needs health potion. Um, Waste of gold. The holes in the back of my armor say differently. <laughs> I remember riding in a cart with my butt up in the air thanks to your amazing healing. <laughs> 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 
Well, it was because I forgot a new one I had prepared. I totally for- forget I have it. But well, it's it, fine. You spend your gold however you want to do it. for the times you forget. Is your gold, you spend it. I spend my gold, everyone's fine. I will not hold back my my healing. And She's thrown quite a few things into this cauldron. And as she grabs a jar of something that looks like some kind of skin flakes and starts pinching them out, she goes... Uh, how much did you want? A potion of healing, superior healing, greater healing. How much are we doing? Uh, uh, greater healing for me. Just greater the regular. Healing. Just the regular healing for me. None Two for healing. me. I don't Two? need it. One greater. One greater healing. And she throws the skin <laughs> flakes into the. And a great <laughs> happens. As smoke puffs out and she starts working with various uh, distillers and evaporators and going down the little spiral glass things and dripping into jars. And she gets together your potions. All right. Uh, potion of greater healing. 200 gold pieces. Here you go. Cool. Greater healing is an uncommon potion. You'll be able to add it there and you roll 4d4 plus 4 for the healing there. So a pretty substantial heal after drinking that potion. Uh, we had two potions of regular healing. Yep. And that is 100 gold pieces. And those are 2d4 plus two potions. And she starts moving about her jars and looking at her various cauldrons. Now we had a, a, a resistance. Fire. What was the resistance? You have fire resistance? Fire! Fire will be the type of resistance we have here. Potions of resistance, 300 gold pieces. Oh, I'm out. I'm out, guys. (laughs) Okay. Shit. And I give him 300. Ah, hmm. Here's him clack in her ears there. Perfect. The fire potion now. And she goes over to the cauldron and starts to work. While that boils, is there anything else I can get for you, Wooders? Uh. Need you breathe underwater? A poison courses through your veins. Do you desire to talk to animals this day? No. No, no. Unless to read we, a mind, to we climb. Are not, if we were doing fish, we could do. We could t- talk to fish. We are not doing yes. fish today. Fish are animals, yes. Yes, we save that for later. We have fish later. Do you desire to turn into gas? <laughs> there are times. No, not at the moment, no. Travel under doors and through cracks. I think there are many things we probably desire, but I don't think we want to pay for them now. Ah, uh, then I shall finish your resist potions. This is good. She gets to work and hands you a potion of fire resist. This is a one hour lasting potion. Okay. But will give you resistance, so half damage to fire should you receive it. Single potion, right? There's no. Yep. Okay. One dose. Just one potion, and you must drink the whole thing in order to have the effects. Okay. Much like the doctor might recommend. Uh, Because we want the antibodies to be in your blood enough to actually 
begin the process. And this is an actual um, named item. Can you tell me that it's just, uh, sorry, what'd you call it? Potion of resistance. Potion of resistance. There we go. Um, so it's the one of fire resistance. There it is. One of yep. those. Okay. In my inventory. And you have my gold. Excellent. Anything else you all want to shop for? Uh, is there any mundane items you want to replace, such as uh, candles that may have spilled out? Uh, repairing clothes? Uh, does anybody desire to have their vestments change? Do you want a purple scarf instead of a red scarf? Just visually, as you approach your orientation for the bronze league. Um... I am okay on the candles because I didn't lose them all and I don't really need them for any of this. You want to get your bag repaired or did you repair it? He, he prepared it himself. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a stitching, but he, he did it. a good job on it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, you know, leather pushed through the holes. Yeah. It's like the, there's little um, hernias going on, but it's holding. It's holding. Yeah. <laughs> um, my bag has. A- <laughs> um, uh, I want to go to a weapon shop. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that I either. I want to acquire two daggers because I'm I'm down two daggers here. All right, we'll just knock that stuff out. Cool. We'll get you your two daggers. You'll pick up your items in the morning. Otherwise, I also uh, want to restock on some arrows. So about 10 arrows. You can never have enough. I always say. I think that there is too much that you can have. And I think we've explored that <laughs> realm. And I, so I think I only want 10. All right. <laughs> All right. Each dagger is two gold pieces. Okay. So four. And we shall find your arrow in that time as well. Uh, Is anyone else looking for anything cosmetic and or mundane? Yes, Grinkeeper is going to finally get rid of that clearly an old school uniform and get some pants and adventuring uh, adventuring clothes. Okay, would you say you were looking for common clothes that you would just pick up from grapple and tackles or are you looking for something fitted? She'd go for something common. Exotically common. <laughs> Exotically <laughs> common. Exotic and common. So you head out and you're about to walk into Grapple and Tackles, but you see a store across the way called Nymphs Threads. And there's a number of mannequins in the window wearing rather fabulous outfits. She goes into Grapple and Tackle. Okay. The more common it is, the more exotic it is to her. All right. That's awesome. You were helped by one tackle. Common clothes. We have many different types of different sizes. <laughs> there are five silver pieces each. Cool. And Grinkeeper will get to work putting together an outfit. 
You can buy 20 arrows for one gold piece, John. 20 arrows. All right, let's do it. I'll so do you, if you one. only want the 10, we can do five silvers. Yeah, let's let's do 20. We'll get rid of a gold. That's easier. Cool. Splendor Belt, is there anything you seek? No. No. Unless there's a... Hmm. What kind of maces do we have in here? Mundane maces. Though, you could seek out a blacksmith who could make you a mundane mace that is decorated. You know, if you wanted, like, I don't know, the top to look like a sun or something. Um, or a skull. Or... I'm for good for now. I'm good. I'm thinking of that potato okay. farm. That's what my character would be thinking. He's like, I should not spend these money. So he's he's going to hold his money. Okay. Because you do walk down the street and you see a place called Astral Hammers by the Groin Hammer family. Ooh, I would at least want to go in there. Now you walk in. Okay. Uh, and banging on an anvil in the back, you see with a fabulous gray beard down to his navel, ripped, sinewy, an old man. Uh, hello, hello. Puts down his hammer, his blacksmith hammer, very slowly, controlled. Wipes the grease off his hands and hands over. I am Mr. Groinhammer. You seek blacksmithing services? Uh, perhaps. Need to see what you charge and what you can do. Very good. Can you make my weapons bet more st- strong better? <laughs> More powerful. Is there a way to do this? Or do I have to only seek magic people for these? Present your mace. All right, I'll pull them both out and lay them on the table. Okay, let's take a look at your your sheet here and see what your maces are made of, if there's anything like that. Uh, let's see. Pretty, so pretty standard iron maces. Yeah, there's nothing fancy going on with them. This is not an enchantment shop. This is a blacksmith. I could customize these maces for you, but I cannot make them swing harder than you can already swing them. Okay. Well, this is fine. Uh, how much to make? Uh, uh, I like for my foe. Last thing they see is my face. How much to make a version of my face on on mace? Do you jest? I do not know what this is. Is this a joke? Oh, no. Will you I never for joke. me for several hours while I forge your face in metal? I mean, what do you charge? I don't know. What do you make? Why is this crazy? Pardon me. I have assumed too much based on your rank badge. We can do this. But the, how much? I don't don't do it till I find out the money. We would have to forge new maces, costing five gold pieces each. Then the artistry. I would charge for this twenty-one gold pieces per mace. Oh, this is not bad. <clears throat> okay, I like it. I like it. You put my face on then, both both mace. Then you shall have it. Please step back here. I shall make a charcoal drawing of your visage 
and place it upon a mace of expert make. Okay, and I'll do that. Cool. So you're going to purchase two maces, yep. so 42 gold pieces with your face upon them. Yep. Which is actually kind of gnarly because you're a half orc, so you got the big old, you know, the big old teeth, the tusks yep. kind of hanging out down there. You do pretty decent. Da- I mean, it doesn't it doesn't increase the damage because, you know, it's still a mace hitting somebody with knobs on it. But, hey, I wouldn't want to get hit by a nose and two tusks. No, it'd be rough. And you, I'm sorry, you said 42 each? Uh, for the total, for your doing oh, total. Bases. Okay, I was gonna do eighty four. All right, forty two total. Remove. Oh, that's a good deal. Uh, I will gladly hand those over and give him whatever else he needs to have those ready. Awesome. I am going to go into your sheet here, and we shall name these Crandall Face Mace. Yes. <laughs> Crandall Face Mace. Yes. Face I have mace a number one uh, for you, DM. Yes. So I went to proactively add my short sword of life stealing, and I have mm-hmm. found that in D and D, at least five E and what's on D and D Beyond, it is a different effect than what was listed on the sheet. Oh, and interesting! While I was looking at it, I also saw another one, a different enchantment that I was interested in that is not listed on your sheet. So I wanted to ask if it would be possible to forego the short sword of life stealing and instead go with a corpse slayer short sword and what that might do to the cost of such a thing. So the the change to what it said was the I think on the sheet that you had it was uh, you roll on a d20 uh for damage in this it does a flat 10 necrotic and then gives you a flat 10 temporary but doesn't work on constructs or undead okay i i would use the D beyond version just for simplicity so we don't have to yeah so what what's the one you're looking to replace it with uh the corpse slayer short sword it gives it the plus one enchantment but it also deals extra damage to undead I would think it would be slightly more expensive, if I was being reasonable in my thinking, slightly more expensive than what a plus one weapon would cost, because it has an additional effect. Cool. Looks like we'll have to do some digging to figure out the price of this, so we will handle that off air. Cool. Because we have come to the end of our time today. Mm. So... With our new items picked out, our fabulous face maces approved and being forged, our items being enchanted, we head towards tomorrow. The final, well, would be your final adventuring day as a wood leaguer, at least of your quota for the week. But as adventurers, you are marked as full time and can adventure as much as you darn well please. So over the last month and a half, you have made a name for yourself in the city. Let's roll that before we leave, actually. Nice. Let's roll whatever you would roll to spread your name. See what the people know you as. Hmm. Might be a performance. Might be a deception. Might be a persuasion. How about... uh, hmm. Dirty 20 persuasion. Nice. Well, you already had some songs going on about you at the tavern. So... The adventuring party is well known. By the way, have you named your adventuring party? Oh, uh, only a seven on my performance. I would like to uh, suggest a name for the adventuring party because we did not come up with one. We did not talk about it at all. Did 
Crandall just roll a natural 20? Uh, dirty 20 religion. Okay. Okay. So you were well known at your... So while... Uh, I don't think I ever said his name aloud. Crandall Splendorbelt? No, no, not your name. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Brother Maynard. Oh. Brother Maynard at the Temple of Paylor does uh, disapprove of your adventuring lifestyle... It has spread amongst the temple there, and all the other clergy are quite impressed and think you're pretty darn cool. Oh, good. But a bit weird. As well they should. <laughs> but a bit weird. All right. I'll take that. If a bit weird, perhaps, is the better way to put it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I think, uh, uh, Ko, you were saying? Yes. I have a, a thought that I would like to suggest for a p- possible name for our little troop. Uh, the idea being what we do, we seem to keep having a pull towards the underdark for some reason. I'm not sure if that's going to come to any fruition. And I also am going to pander to the DM and some of the other people here slightly with the suggestion that our group be called the darkest Delvers, the darkest Delvers. Yeah. I like it. I'm totally fine with that. Or Grick's unwanted adventure, baby. (laughs) (laughs) How would you augment it for when you become adventurers, though, as you are leaving the Delver class tomorrow? You no. Know. Keep it. Yeah. Just keep it? Roll with it? We're going to yeah. level up. Delvers is a great term. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. We're well, that's where we shall end the show today. Perfect. There you have it, everybody. We did it. And we got some cool shit to pick up in town before our next adventure begins. Ooh, Yeah. Uh, well, all right. Uh, that that puts us at the end, and that's a bummer. But doesn't mean that we won't be back. So please come back and join us tomorrow. Tomorrow, next episode. There's no tomorrow. That'd be cool. Play D and D every day. It's not like uh, any of us would turn that down. We'd love that. But in the meantime, we need your questions and thoughts because when we get to the end of this month, we're going to have a bonus show, and it's important for us to have your comments for said bonus show. Uh, so get us those questions and comments over at the website there will be dungeons.com where you can find everything else including a sign up for our instance plus membership it's an easy way for you guys to give back to the show you love and uh, help us uh, continue to do what we're doing uh, again can't wait to get your feedback so send that stuff in there's also an email address it's there will be dungeons at gmail or no I'm sorry there be dungeons at gmail.com no wait a minute did I, tell, did I do that wrong no, it's there will be dungeons at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, there be dungeons on Twitter. So you can follow us there and find out when live shows happen and all that sort of stuff. That's going to do it for us, for all of us, to all of you. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.